Welcome to this episode of Safe Home Podcast for struggling teens and their families finding their healing path. I'm Beth Syverson, a mom of an 18-year-old son, Joey, who's been dealing with drug addiction, depression, anxiety, and suicidal ideation for several years. I'm walking beside him as he struggles with his recovery while I work on my own personal growth and healing. I'm very happy to be chatting with a longtime friend, someone who's helped me and my family quite a bit over the years. Andy Bryce is one of 26 remaining founding EFT masters in the world. EFT stands for Emotional Freedom Techniques, but it's probably better known as tapping, which combines psychology and acupuncture. Andy worked as a family counselor for the government of British Columbia for 10 years with teenagers in care, similar to my beloved son. He has been coaching individuals, couples, and families for over 20 years, and he combines his heart, humor, and sensitive listening skills to provide a safe environment for his clients to release the emotional baggage that they often have been carrying since they were a young child. Uh, Andy works with a range of skills and techniques that are designed to empower his clients to release the past and give them the tools to deal with any issues they may face in the future. Andy taught me about EFT in 2015, and as my EFT practitioner, he has helped me get clarity and peace in some really difficult situations since then. He's also worked with Joey a few times, too. Andy is an intuitive and empathic healer, and he's one of the few people in my life who make me feel completely heard. <laughs> Andy is originally from Vancouver, but he now lives near Liverpool in England. And through the remarkable technology of Zoom, which we <laughs> love and we hate, but in this case, it enables us to connect across the globe. And so welcome to Safe Home, Andy. So glad you're here with us. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm very pleased to be here and to see you and hear you again. Yeah. It feels like we're right next door. It's amazing. Mm. <laughs> well, first, I, I bet there's a lot of people that don't know what EFT is uh, or when it started, how it began, and you are one of the founding me members. So could you tell us how that story started for you? Well, um, actually, uh, it started with a doctor, Roger Callahan, in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, who was studying acupuncture. He was a psychologist, um, and uh, he had a specific experience with with a client where he just tried uh, tapping on a on a point that he'd learned and um in a very few minutes something that he'd been working with her on for two years uh shifted in, in how she felt about it and um it was a fear of water and mm -hmm. uh and she got up and uh went in a, to the swimming pool which she had refused to do for two years. Wow. So he thought something here and he developed it so that we, we just lightly tap on certain points of the body, which um, correspond to the endpoints of acupuncture meridians, which um, we can track um, electronically or electrically because we can measure the level of resistance in the skin. You know, Western medicine was built on cutting open dead bodies yeah. and Eastern medicine was built on understanding how the body worked um, while it was living. And so they, it's sort of like if, if you were trying to work on a, a car's electrical system and you didn't have the battery in, uh, you mm -hmm. wouldn't be able to trace anything. Mm -hmm. um, so what we've got is a, a map of 
how energy and electrical energy that every cell needs, every organ needs in the body. Uh, we have a map that's a couple thousand years old. And um, what, what we're doing is uh, when someone is upset, it makes you feel uh, often nauseous. Like if you're afraid of something, you get nauseous, tight, sweaty. Um, emotions come up and we, we fight them and we resist them. We have thoughts that uh, can escalate, uh, you know, get scarier and scarier mm -hmm. or more upset. And uh, what I've found is just using it day to day and moment to moment when you have an emotional wave, because they do come in waves, mm -hmm. um, you can just uh, tap and notice it. And it would be like going to the beach and a big wave is coming in and you either let it hit you or you dive into it yes. with, if you know, tapping and you do that when you feel something coming up, it's like you just dive through the wave and the emotion passes through. That's one of the most important things you've taught me is that nothing stays forever. And if you can just stick with it instead of, um, running the other direction or, you know, uh, the, the, I've always used, you know, to, I used to repress my emotions and not feel them. I would not want to go into that wave. That would be terrifying, but you have yeah. to, <laughs> you have to. Yeah. Yeah. I think when, when you resist, um, and suppress or repress an emotion, you engage with it and, um, uh, it can make you sick, mm -hmm. but it, it, it also, it's like, um, it's like pressing the re restart button. You, you just keep yeah. doing it over and over. Yeah. It's like Groundhog Day. And you have to start. Yes. Do it again. Yeah. The next time a situation like that comes up, there you are again. So just pressing yeah. through. And um, I noticed your, I didn't mention your website, but your website is called tappingthrough.com, right? Yeah. And is that and what that means? Tapping through? It, it's through exactly it. because people go, oh, we'll just tap around this or we'll just uh, avoid it or whatever. But tapping through means, you know, when a wave of emotion comes up, it's only going to last 90 seconds to two minutes mm. unless you get caught up in it and you, you get more angry or you get more sad. Or, mm -hmm. So um, if you, if you um, realize that you have a choice, because mm -hmm. most of us don't, most of us have been raised in families where emotion is uh, feared or, you know, resented. If you're going to do that, go to your room. Or, yeah. I don't want to see know, that. Or I'll yeah. give you something to cry about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that kind of thing. Right. So were you into this kind of alternative stuff when, uh, you know, 28 years ago when you started this? Um, um well, were you looking uh, for something different? Um, yeah, well, I was, uh, I had, a. Uh, I guess an epiphany. I had an, a car accident where I, when I was 32, and um, that's 40 years ago now. Um, and uh, I rolled a car into a ditch and uh, took me a long, it took me all night to get out. Mm. And I thought for a while I wasn't going to. Um, and from that point, I started uh, the, working on the question: Why? Why did I survive? Why am I here? Mm. And uh, so I started looking at um, pretty esoteric stuff, philosophical uh, uh, journey, but also uh, 
as a healer and um, and working with individuals. Then uh, it was after that that I started working with the government, mm-hmm. um, and I had uh, various initiations by uh, like a Reiki master, and a, mm-hmm. a, I am a Reiki master, and um, uh, in the uh, Filipino psychic surgery tradition, I tried lots of stuff. Wow! But um, and then in the nineties, I studied emotional intelligence, which is mm-hmm. kind of thinking about feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in two thousand, someone uh, phoned me and said, "You got to try this because I had a pain in my neck, an injury for seven years. Mm-hmm. Nothing could be done, mm-hmm. and almost overnight." Uh, half of it went in the first time I did tapping, but uh, and in a very short time, I was pain free, and I've been pain free for twenty two years now. Wow! So it got my attention. Yeah, that's amazing. And I, it it was. I, I two things I realized: one, it works. It it looks weird, and maybe it's different, but it works. Uh, and it doesn't matter whether you believe it will work or not, because I had no idea. Um, and two, I could share it. I could put it in people's hands. This is something you can do for yourself. It has no um, medical uh, application. I mean, it's got no medical side effects. Um, Nothing not bad like can a, happen a to drug. you. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's not a psycho, like a, it doesn't mess with your your brain. It doesn't put you in an altered state at all. It's It just no, helps it, you to it, re- regulate. Yeah, it it feels like when people uh, tap for a few minutes, they g- become calm and alert, mm-hmm. which is probably the most effective way of um, uh, you know being mindful, being present. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things that I love about EFT is that you can do it with a practitioner, like I've done with you many times, and it just magnifies whatever therapeutic effect the talking part does. It just, it helps you, you to get out of your own head. It helps calm you down. So you're able to access stuff that you're trying to work through, but you can also work on it on your own and you can just, you know, I hope this doesn't offend you, but you can literally look at the picture on the internet of the points and start tapping and mm-hmm. it makes you feel better, right? It does. It does. Yes. It's and not some the- complicated thing. It's it's just yeah it's i think it's that was part of the thing as we uh, gary craig wanted to make it simple so it was accessible by anyone and everyone and i've had uh tremendous success with um 12 year olds uh one of my students is retired now but she was a teacher of elementary school kids in canada and for 12 years she offered tapping to her students from 6 to 10 uh, wow. depending on the year that she was working mm-hmm. on. And after a couple of years of people going, what's that? Mm-hmm. Um, people, other teachers uh, were coming to her for help. Uh, um, people were asking to have their children in her classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, kids were performing, uh, you know, from changing from being a problem to enjoying school. Um, wow. So um, we have, you know, 12 years of evidence there and and now it's starting to be studied and and much more uh, evidence to to support it but that's pretty amazing and so kids can do it like little kids can do it if if you just teach them where the couple of points are and just maybe do it with them a couple of times that they can have this tool with them forever 
that they can access when they're feeling anxious. If a kid is, you know, aware enough to go, oh, I'm feeling anxious, but yeah. maybe that's um, not practical. But it, it definitely for our teenagers, this is definitely something they can use. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, you know, turning it into a game with an infant or a toddler or something, you you can use that, oh, and it's okay. definitely worthwhile. Um, mm -hmm. A little tapping game, uh, but um, just in the past year, I've had um, three uh, teenagers and um, one seventeen, eighteen, and twelve. Well, he wasn't quite a teenager. But, mm -hmm. um, the twelve-year-old boy had uh, anxiety. Um, and panic attacks. And in five half hour sessions, he told me, um, I know what it feels like when it's coming and I have a choice. Mm, nice. And I tap and it goes away. And um, so he could apply it to anything that triggered the familiar feelings wow. that were coming. And he could just go, oh, well, look what I'm doing. I'm doing anxiety. I'm doing panic. I, I don't have to. That wow. was just thrilling for me. Wow, what a gift to that kid. He's 12, so now he'll go through adolescence having this amazing tool. I mean, you've saved his life, basically. Uh, well, Honestly. it changed it for sure. Oh, yeah. my gosh. And, and his sister was having anxiety around uh, bullying. It's being bullied at school mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, like... Uh, uh, performance anxiety for exams and that kind of thing. And um, so she benefited so much. She told her one of her friends. And um, so that was, it's like word of mouth. I, yeah. I don't really advertise much mm -hmm. at all. So that um, the, the second one just, just came and, um, I usually do sets of six and with kids, I try to keep it short, not like an hour mm -hmm. or more. It's just keep their attention, mm -hmm. give them what they need. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so this young lady, um, uh, was paralyzed with her driver training. Oh yeah. And that would have been me the, when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. I was so scared. And her exams and just the pressure of, you know, being, um, a teenager <laughs> and uh, so so she is doing so well she said um, she's entering university uh, in nursing uh, in the fall wow. and she said I may need you then <laughs> yeah. I'm good now <laughs> and she got her and her mom told me she got her drivers past the test so, nice uh, that was good that's, so that's great. evidence there it's so it's such a great tool and uh, I think I think it's a particularly great tool for kids and they can use it. You taught me some ways you can use it on your hands. It's very, yeah. you don't have to do it always on your face. That's kind mm -hmm. of where it's typically used, right? Your face and your collarbone and things like that. But yeah, these, these are the main points here like this and it's, but it's quite obvious. And yeah. uh, what, uh, what the kids I was teaching, that's one of the first things is there's a point on the side of outside of your nail of your thumb. And you can bend that over and then tap. Yeah. And and we can be tapping uh, like this or as you're just doing on the sides of your fingernails. Mm -hmm. but like this. And, you know, you could be in an exam room or an interview or 
on Zoom yeah. <laughs> and nobody has to know that uh, you have anything going on. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great tool. I love it. Uh, would you be willing to do a little mini session with me? So people I can would. see how uh, it works? Yeah. Yeah, I think um, just uh, one of the benefits too that we were talking about how it benefits the, the children, the teenagers, but also, you know, being a parent um, and my daughter's in her 40s now, but I still worry and uh, <laughs> only appropriately. And, uh, and um, I had a stepson uh, who I still have, <laughs> but he was hooked on crack for five years and I went through a lot of emotional stuff before I had tapping. And now I know, I mean, that was... Uh, he's he's in his forties as well, so this was from like eighteen to twenty five. Yeah, at uh, his time. So, uh, but he's clean and sober, and Yay. that's good news. Yay! Thank goodness! Thank goodness! Yeah. So the but, parents. Uh, sorry, I just wanted to finish that mm-hmm. for the parents. Yes. yes, for the parents. This is when we're um, confused, uh, fearful, anxious, um, angry. Uh, you know because you could be so angry that you're doing this and then you're distancing the creating Mm -hmm. distance so Mm -hmm. um, when we panic our focus narrows down and all we can see is the problem yes and if we have something like this that can calm us down we can expand our field of thought and Mm -hmm. and i think of it as peripheral thinking Mm -hmm. so you you have peripheral vision but Mm -hmm. when you're calm more options show up and you can um you can see uh choices rather than oh oh this is terrible 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 yeah and, and the, i get into the the point where this is the only outcome that can possibly happen usually imagines him being dead <laughs> yeah i just go right there oh my god he's gonna die and mm-hmm. but yeah if i can calm myself down eft or sometimes i use breathing techniques you know it, there's a million grounding techniques but mm-hmm. then you're you're like okay well he might die but more mm-hmm. likely he'll just have a lot of struggle and figure it out and yeah you know my example is that my uh, step uh, son is is well and and alive today mm-hmm. and um, doesn't do any of those things that he did um but then there are other stories as well that are not Right. Yeah. It could. Yeah. I've had to really come to terms with, yeah, he might die. Like literally Mm -hmm. that I, that I will feel like I am dying, but I in fact will not die if my son dies. He's a separate individual. And that's some work I've been doing in the last couple of months, but Oh God. Well, I call that awfulizing. You know, we awfulize things and, uh, and it's just like, we go to the extreme mm-hmm. and then we criticize ourselves for why would I think of that for someone I love? And, um, you know, it's, it's not the thing you wish for them. Right. Um, but it is uh, tied to the love you have and the loss you will feel. Mm-hmm. And we start to, uh, you know, make some future event here yeah so you're having an experience as if he died yeah just because you had a thought oh he could die and then you 
Right. right. Then you're there. So why do we put ourselves there? That's, you know, that's the thing we're trying to avoid is what we are putting ourselves into. Mm-hmm. You, you always say what you resist persists. That's True. one of your um, mantras, right? So if you're constantly yeah. thinking, I don't want him to die. I don't want him to die. I don't want him to die. Then I'm just thinking about him dying all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and so, um, yeah, I think we... Um, we do this because it's it's the worst thing we can imagine, mm-hmm. and um, our 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 unconscious mind triggers this kind of thing, and 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 our bodies don't know the difference between an imagined event mm-hmm. and the real thing. Mm-hmm. So you're actually having, as best you can imagine, what you would have if if that thing happened. Mm-hmm. So this is where the um, the integrating it into your life, like when you start, like um, uh, you know, we'll call him Joe, uh, started to feel like he had was having these thoughts. This isn't gonna, and then he would go, okay, wait a minute, and he could do a little uh, emotional first aid. Yeah, that's a great way to term it. Term it emotional first aid. That's excellent. It, before it gets to be a, a gash, you know, a giant wound, put, put a, mm. you know, emotional first aid, put a Band-Aid on that. Yeah, it is before, a Band-Aid. <laughs> yeah, emotional Band-Aid. Before it, it explodes into something bigger, just... Whew, yeah, um, and it's, it's worse for people with, who are artists and creative and with wonderful imaginations because you can make it so real mm-hmm. and then your body is going... Uh, nauseous and sweating and tense Uh, and that's what happens to people with um, phobias if you fear of flying i've worked with so many people to uh, be free of the physical experience Mm. they still have a thought you know planes crash yeah they don't have the physical reaction to that that's Uh, great that's great so and after a while you don't really think about it i get emails from people saying thanks i'm in new zealand or thanks i'm in hawaii and i never would have got here wow yeah new zealand that's a big long flight Ooh, that'd be tough for someone that's afraid of flying to be on a plane to new zealand (laughs) oh yeah i'm interjecting right here on the audio version of the podcast to let you know that for the next 13 minutes or so andy will be uh, giving me an eft session And there is a video version of this on YouTube. The link is in the notes, or you could just Google Safe Home Podcast on YouTube and find episode 33. And you will see Andy and I both tapping and you can kind of get a better feel for what's happening. So all the different places we're gonna be tapping on the inside corner of our eyebrow, the outside of our eye, under our nose, under our bottom lip, on our collarbone, and under our arm, kind of on the rib bones. So we just go through that cycle, changing every minute or two, and just repeating it over and over while I'm talking with him. So just wanted to give you the lowdown of what's happening there so you don't feel lost. And if you do want to go see how the tapping works, go check us out on YouTube. Thank you. Well, uh, what should we... uh... What should we work on? I have, you know, well, a, a plethora of things that could work. On. <laughs> well, let's 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 do something that um, you know we'll have a limited uh, amount of yeah, time. Something... 
but something that's relevant and um you know you'll get something out of and people will be able to see what we do and so um what's what pops up well joey uh joey is uh recently homeless so that's kind yeah. of kind of big uh he's he moved uh up to oregon with some friends and they're just living in a van so i've got a mm. well yeah it's a home i guess a van but uh it's very unstable there's a lot of worry there's a lot of oh my god and then there's the guilt oh my god my kid is homeless why am i not helping him but i literally am helping him by not helping him <laughs> Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, yeah a motel six is probably not going to be helping him if you book a room for them um but uh so when um when you think of joy being homeless mm -hmm. um basically we're going to have three areas we're going to have thoughts mm -hmm. what do you think mm -hmm. what emotions come up when that topic and how is it in your body how do you if you're upset how do you know um mm. so that's what where i'll be asking is um we have this idea joey is hom homeless mm -hmm. um if you were to rate that how upset you would be on a scale of zero to ten ten being the most how would that be right now if you oh that's like a seven or an eight a, okay. Yeah. And what would you say that emotion is? It's mostly fear. Mostly fear, a little guilt, a little uh, anger. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's an interesting thing because quite often when we're tapping with something, we'll have more than one uh, facet to it mm -hmm. and we can have more than one emotion about mm -hmm. it. So we have to be aware that we could have uh, gotten rid of the grief, but we're still angry about it. Mm -hmm. um, and then physically, how do you know it's a seven or an eight? What makes it, is there a clue? It's hard for me to sit still. I don't know if you, I'm trying to hold myself still in this interview. Uh, I get really kind of jittery. It's hard to sleep, um, mm. mind racing, that kind of thing. A little tightness. Okay tightness in my chest is it like harder to breathe you get the shallower breaths or just um feeling constricted feeling okay mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you don't notice like it in the volume of breath or it's just tight there just tight yeah i don't feel it in my breath okay yeah okay well um let's uh, let's just do start some tapping here and we'll just uh, agree on what we're talking about here or tapping for is this um, awareness that Joey is with friends in a van hundreds and hundreds of miles, if not a thousand uh, for, uh, uh, and you don't know what's happening moment to moment with him. You, you just, he's out of, out of touch. And what you do know is he, is homeless mm -hmm. and that feels uh, like fearful and anxious and you're a bit angry about it as well mm -hmm. and it's if you were the the rating is seven or eight but that's really personal and it wouldn't be anybody else's seven or eight mm -hmm. this is yours it's just so we can 
maybe see what if there's any change. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, I'm just going to take these off. Um, so that we pretty much agreed on what we're mm -hmm. going for, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, let's just start tapping here. This is what we call the eyebrow uh, point, and it's on either side of the bridge of the nose on the curve. And we just tap lightly and um, just noticing anything that's going on while you're just tapping now and thinking about joy, the homeless. Uh, one of the things that uh, uh, struck me with EFT is that we look at the negative. We're, we're not going, oh, it'll be okay mm -hmm. and everything's fine. We're just going, this is how scary it is. Mm -hmm. right. Now we go to the side of the eye. And I have no control. There's nothing I can do. Mm -hmm. So that strikes me as a sense of powerlessness. Is that somebody you feel powerless oh, about? Oh, yes. Very much so. <laughs> yeah. So this is an interesting thing for me because a lot of times people get now will go under the eye, just on the just below the eye, on the bone there. A lot of times people get frustrated and to me frustration looks like anger but it's actually powerlessness mm. when we're frustrated nothing i do works nobody listens you know and and uh, as a golfer frustration was near to my <laughs> experience because <laughs> those things go wherever they yeah yeah so um it, it helped me understand the difference between anger and frustration so, um, and fear, what's, what's it like? What, you know, can you explain more about the fear? Oh, God, there's just so many things that can go wrong. He's just so vulnerable. I just mm -hmm. think uh, I'm afraid of um, violence happening to him or um, making, mm -hmm. you know, things it's getting him. worse. Um, mm -hmm. I'm afraid of him using even worse substances. You know, my mind just thinks of all the things that I could be afraid of. <laughs> right. So like this is where your creativity voice. comes yes. in. You, you, your um, skill set of being cre a creative uh, artist and musician um, makes you, I mean, the thing is, if we didn't, if, if we're not smart enough, we're not going to have these you know ideas so maybe uh, saying ignorance is bliss um, <laughs> might work but it, it's it when when you have when you're an intelligent person it can work against you and your mind can take over and then as if it's the boss mm -hmm. but really your mind is a tool it isn't you mm -hmm. and this one is called the under the arm and it it's uh just on the rib bones for people watching it. It's not on the muscle front or back. It's just feel in there and you can might feel a bit of an achy one. So I'm just uh, going to show you these uh, from here to here today. Um, so let's go back up here. Um, how are you doing? How, like, are you noticing any changes at all? Uh, it's helping me feel more present. And I'm pulling up some sadness when I'm doing yeah. this. Um, it wasn't okay. one of the emotions I first told you, but yeah, 
Yeah. All right. Well, this is what happens. You see how waves happen. Mm -hmm. You'd be quite happy. And then a thought triggers, you know, a, a wave of emotion. And, and this is what we've done here is uh, talking about other things. But then, so what's the sadness about? <sighs> well, he's moved far away. And I don't know if, if and when I'll ever see him again. And right. I'm just sad that it's gotten to this point. I'm sad because I know he's struggling. <sighs> just it's, it's not the vision you had for his life. No, is it? no, no, no. So there's there's loss. You know, a lot of times we think, you know, grief is someone died or, you know, a relationship fell apart. But there's well over 40 different causes of, of grief and loss and um you had a vision you 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 know the whole thing of the adoption and mm-hmm. well look what we've got and where he's what we're going to do and yeah. and that's a loss and um you're entitled to feel sad about that and um for me there are no bad emotions mm-hmm. every emotion has information Mm-hmm. And we should take that information and then let it go. So when your sadness comes up, there's a lot that's been lost. Mm-hmm. And if you get frustrated, it's not you're not able to fix it, make it different, or do anything about it. Mm-hmm. So you just sort of like mind the uh, emotion as it comes by and let the wave go, but take, you know, take, mm-hmm. um, oh, okay. Because mm-hmm. one thing it may not be something you're dealing with, but fear is a function of control. The more we have fear, the more we want to control things mm-hmm. and, um, and unfortunately, when we control something, we, we shrink it. Mm-hmm. We make our lives smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to be in control and, and manage everything would be so much more. <laughs> I tried that for a long time. It did not work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so one of the things I've uh, been thinking about, uh, maybe we'll talk after where this is just about how children are being raised to be what their parents want them to be, mm-hmm. not who they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, then that po- poses a challenge because it's a control issue and a power issue. Mm-hmm. You know what's getting pulled up now is is pride in my son, which sounds really weird because he's almost... But I'm, so you are proud of him? I'm proud of him because he... He moved out of his dad's house and he's um, making a life for himself. Uh, he made a shift, you know, and he risked it. He knew he was going to be homeless. He went in this van knowing that that's where they were going to stay. And mm-hmm. gosh, I got to hand it to him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so you see how you went through mm-hmm. a series of negative uh, mm-hmm. feelings and emotions. Um, so what's it like in your body being present, feeling proud of your son? Yeah, it it feels a lot better. Uh, I did feel sad, and I I probably will always feel sad about this whole situation. But mm-hmm. I it it transformed 
into, wow, my kid is doing a pretty amazing thing. Yeah. And, you know, the, the last aria has not been sung, so we right. don't know. And, and we could play the what if it all turns to crap yeah. or we could play the what if he makes it? What if he, you know, finds himself? Mm-hmm. Um, so is it okay if we stop? Yeah, yeah. No, and, that, yeah. that was great. Okay. It's a great example. And Okay. And, and if you were to check inside and mm-hmm. rate it on a zero to 10 now, um, zero being calm. Yeah, it went down at least to like a five, six in just those mm-hmm. few minutes. Okay, so I it, feel my I feel my body's not as jiggly. Yeah. I I actually feel kind of uh, sparkly. I don't know huh. how to say that. Like um not anxious, but like alive. Like ah. mm, like vibrant. I don't know how to say that. I I think that's wonderful mm-hmm. that would be that's a great way to feel i'm kind of feeling that way too because i just love this this is what I, um you know i would rather have these conversations than anything else mm-hmm. and so you know we're if we're raising our children to uh find meaning mm-hmm. in what we tell them to and what school tells them to and uh but we don't ask them what is meaningful to you and finding your own meaning. I I know in the high school culture, uh, before Joey kind of fell off the rails, um, it was palpable for the parents that every kid needed to be in AP classes or some specialized something or other. You had to be college bound. I mean, there's like, it was just a one way track and there. There's just so many other ways to do life. And these kids are all getting into huge debt because they, you know, to pay for college. It's just, it it doesn't work for everybody. And I I really wish there was more acceptance of divergent paths. There's so many different ways kids can go. And um, I don't know how much of that helped Joey uh, fall off the rails, but he certainly, well, he certainly made a way for himself to not (laughs) go that, that regular path. Um, but it's, it's a real big stressor. And also in the psych hospitals that he's been in, many of the kids there are your top achievers that have had breakdowns. Yeah. It's, it's pressure, 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 and there's no driving force within. If, if there's something that, you know, this little girl who is in Australia, but she's learning and she's choosing something and she's learning it and she's just like uh amazing uh, people where she was having difficulties before so it's something that has meaning to her mm-hmm. so if we can um you know i think we're for most of us we get approval for doing what someone else wants us mm-hmm. to do and then we get criticized for being authentic mm-hmm. and then we question our own, we have doubt about ourselves yeah like yeah, and these and, the artist types often get, oh God, music is not a career, or oh come on, theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're yeah, going to be an and, artist. What? Yeah, it's hard for parents in regular old jobs to understand the artist mind and the need to be creative and do their own thing. Well, and also homogenization. I mean, we have been uh, in an educational system where. It started in the Industrial Age uh, Revolution. All we needed you to do is to be able to read 
where not to put your fingers and lose them. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we want you to come to work and work 16 hours a day. Uh, But we don't want you to be intelligent. We don't want you to be a leader. Mm -mm. We've got rich people for that. Yeah, Um, right. Just memorize uh, these facts, spit them back out, and you'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. So we have an escalated vision of that now. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's like you get the idea that if you have a degree, then you're, mm-hmm. you know, on your way. Yeah. But um, a good electrician is going to make uh, as much as anybody. Um, totally. You may know yeah. that they can. <laughs> My wife is an electrician, for those that don't know. I have a, a stinking master's degree, and she makes three times as much as I do. So there you go. Yeah. So, and and less debt from getting the education yeah uh, so yeah. when she was in trade school her job put her through school you know you work through trade school as an apprentice you yeah. know i mean come on that's an awesome way to go for people that like to use their hands that like to mm-hmm. do physical things like joey he's very kinesthetic we often have talked to him about going to trade school or, or being a mechanic or something with his hands he would just die yeah. if he had a desk job like literally that would yeah. just kill him so there's some people that just need something that's not a college path. Well, every every individual child is unique. And if we try to make them fit a mold, they're going to have some degree of resistance and resentment. Um, so if you haven't, uh, it would be good to start treating every child as a unique yeah. uh, being with a perspective and point of view. And find out what it yeah. is instead of going, oh, mm. no, uh, you know, that's crazy talk. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. The parent's own fear comes out. And maybe their own, maybe they wanted to do something and their parents wouldn't let them. I don't know how much of their own stuff is coming out. But but if the parents are afraid or um, unfamiliar, like maybe they just have never known an artist or a whatever. And mm. so they... Well, what if a couple of artists have a child and wants to be a oh lawyer? I mean, that'll be scary. <laughs> that would be really scary. <laughs> well, honey, if you need to go do law school, <laughs> yeah. you know, you'll be car- you'll be called to the bar at some point. You know that. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, but everyone is different. Everyone has their own path, and they'll get there one way or another, right? They might have to take a major detour, like my son is taking, or. You know, kids mm-hmm. have different ways of rebelling or uh, kind of falling apart. And then maybe exactly. they can transform if they survive it anyway. Um, you know, I think uh, people like Gabor Mate mm-hmm. and people who are in, uh, have really transformed the idea of addiction from an illness mm-hmm. uh, to a solution. Uh, it's a solution to a problem and it gets away from the pain or, or um, and quite often it's linked to a trauma. Yes. But it doesn't have to be because you could think you've done the best and there's no obvious trauma for your child, but there they are acting out. And I think that's partly because they want something to mean Mm. something. And what's left to them is to go out and try and feel alive by being naughty or risky or taking a chance because now, uh, you know, I feel alive when I do Mm. that. I do not feel alive when I'm doing algebra. <laughs> over, um, yeah. 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 No, I think that's very valid. And after we talked a couple of weeks ago, I talked to Joey about this. I said, Joey, Andy says that uh, kids are uh, struggling because they don't have meaning. Is that true? And he goes, oh, yeah. 
Totally. He said, yeah. yeah, me and my friends, we have no point in life. We have no idea what we're doing. Yeah. We have nothing going right. for us. And for crying out loud, pandemic, global warming, inflation. I mean, these kids right now, even forget their families, look in the world. What hope do they have? You know, it's a major struggle. Yeah, yeah I, I understand that. But, you know, the, the 10 richest men in the United Kingdom or in England where I'm living, doubled yeah. their wealth in the last two years. So, okay, yes, there's all these terrible mm. things, but are we only seeing, mm. remember when we panic? Um, and are we being you know, anxious about oh. something rather than looking at opportunities? And um, what, Joey has done is he's, he's created a whole new set of opportunities because there were some very um, powerful mm -hmm. limitations, mm -hmm. uh, as I understand mm -hmm. it, in where he was living before, <laughs> naming no names. And um, so um, what, what Joey has the opportunity to do now is mm -hmm. to assess mm -hmm. his decisions mm -hmm. on how they feel to him, not as yeah. to whether... I need to rebel against it, which is, you know, resisting something. Or um, where does my life uh, and, mm -hmm. and yeah, uh, he has an opportunity. Of He's kind of got a clean slate right now. This is the good part about him uh, moving to Oregon and being homeless. He gets to start literally from scratch. He has nothing, and he gets to decide every single piece that he's going to put into his life. So I'm kind of hoping that it becomes a a turning point, but. It might. Well, I I left home at uh, I left home at almost mm -hmm. eighteen and with twenty bucks, and I went to the Rocky Mountains and in Banff and um, got a job as a dishwasher. Then they trained me as cook, and then I trained as a chef, and then uh, you know I was in the restaurant business yeah. for a long time uh, before I got into this. So, ah, uh, well, is there anything else you'd like to mention or say that we haven't touched on already? Well, I just feel like a lot of times when I was working with the teenagers in care, um, they didn't just come from poor backgrounds. Some did, but, um, you know, I felt like you had to have to do the best you can as a parent and then be lucky as well. Mm -hmm. And But one other thing that, you know, um, when a child is like in a situation where joy has been, where there is nothing that means anything mm -hmm. um, and there's no purpose and they're not driven, mm -hmm. like a 15-year-old equestrian mm -hmm. gets up in the morning at four or five o'clock in the morning, yeah. you know, grooms her horse yeah. and goes. Yeah. So uh, she is not going to uh, be risking that. She's got something yeah. to do. Mm -hmm. But um, but the criminal element who who sell drugs need new uh, buyers yeah. and they are looking for mm -hmm. people who are vulnerable oh definitely I and sure. and they go oh you know it's terrible oh is that what your parents did oh that's terrible here try this mm -hmm. and then oh well i can't give you any more um you'll have to uh, find, find the money way. for it yep oh totally i so, know he got targeted he was being bullied and was feeling so um, low. He found his other Asian kids that were also being bullied and mm -hmm. 
This is history. Yeah. Well, you'd think after World War II, we would have understood what we did to the Japanese in uh, who fought for America mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, and in Canada, their land was taken away, and oh. uh, but more, you know, I, uh, in the U.S. as well. So um, it just seems. In, almost insane that it's still happening. I know. Um, I was incredulous. And I didn't realize he was being bullied until after he tried to kill himself because of it. And yeah, and then wow. I felt bad that I didn't know. But I thought, <laughs> who would bully someone for being Asian? I didn't know. I, I'm, I feel I'm just disappointed in the human race sometimes. Like, really? Honestly? Yeah. Uh, so I'm fighting that fight, too. Trying to make, you know, people aware that that's still happening. One of my um, missions is to help people learn to listen. Well, you are an amazing listener, and you've taught me so much about that and about just being more present and being um, available for all of the emotions and things that go on in this crazy life that we have. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. Um, I think I've talked more than I normally do in yeah. an hour. <laughs> yeah, no, you you're great. You had so much to to offer. I'm so appreciative. How can people get a hold of you? Uh you still do um private sessions on Zoom, I assume. Uh, yeah. It's easy to I do. Work, we just uh, did it on Zoom, so. <laughs> yeah, I work with yeah, I I work right now with seven uh, time zones, a uh, West Coast, East Coast of North America, a uh, couple of uh, time zones in Australia, Japan, Germany, uh, here. Uh, on Zoom, uh, one-to-one, I work with couples, um, and uh, I don't um, look to work with uh, teenagers, but um, the ones that want to work, I really enjoy, Mm -hmm. because um, what I've seen is it it gives them the skills to deal with stress, uh, Mm -hmm. performance, anxiety, and and they have them for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. I think they're so important. Which I, I envy. Yeah. I, <laughs> they have so much ahead of them, right? Well, um, so tapping3.com, is that the best way to get a hold of yeah, you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tapping3.com. Andy at tapping3.com is my email. Okay. And uh, I'm, on, I'm on Facebook. Uh, and that's EFT Andy Bryce. Okay. I'll put all of that in the notes in case you didn't have a piece of paper while you were, while he was saying that. Uh, That's so so great. Uh, Well, thank you again, Andy. Thank you for sharing your wealth of knowledge and your experience and forgive me a little mini EFT today. That was really really helpful. (laughs) I'm going to be much calmer the rest of my day. So thank you all for listening. If you'd like to support Safe Home Podcast so we can maintain a commercial-free listening experience, please visit patreon.com backslash safe home. Also wanted to let you know that you can find all our episodes on YouTube as well as all the podcast apps. And you can find all those links in our episode description or search Safe Home Podcast in any of your favorite platforms. And please subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And most of all, please share this episode with anyone you know who could benefit from this knowledge and inspiration. Word of mouth is the best way to get Safe Home Podcast in more ears. So thank you for your support. And uh, thanks again, Andy, for being on the pod. And Andy and I want to remind everyone to stay Stay safe. safe. (laughs) Thank you so much.